Hello, hello, and welcome back to Mindfully Rich Podcast, your weekly look at life in finances with a twist, where we talk about improving your overall relationship with money and building better financial habits. On each episode, I'll discuss real life situations and give y'all practical advice. The point of this podcast is to help you stay in your financial lane so you won't end up broke. I'm the creator and host, Gina Richie Richardson. Now, let's jump into today's conversation. What's up, y'all? I'm back. I'm back. Yes, it's a Monday. The podcast still exists. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're not going to talk about that. It's like we don't talk about Bruno. We're not going to talk about the two-month hiatus that was going on because today is Juneteenth. Okay, we are going to make it a great day. And you want to know what? I decided we're going to have to just go ahead and do a new season because it's like... Let's, we're going to just go ahead and sage that last two months. <laughs> and we are making this season three. So season three starts today of the podcast, which this is a full episode. I believe this is episode 114. I think it's 114. It's either 114 or 118. That's a big jump, I know. But that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> but got to start with gratitude. Thank y'all so much for even continue to continuing to listen while I wasn't making any episodes. The funny thing, once again, when I'm not making episodes, it's hilarious to me how all of the numbers, they skyrocket just because there are a hundred and it's up to 118, y'all. I don't know at this particular moment. I'm not looking at it. But there's a lot of content that I've put out there. I literally have an episode for everything at this point, right? I sit here and ask myself, what more can you talk about? There is something always to talk about, okay? But if you need an episode to go look back at, just go ahead and go look through the list and see what's going on in your life, what you need assistance with. Go ahead. I promise you there's an episode for it. But thank y'all once again for supporting supporting me, rocking with me, all of the things much gratitude to y'all. I promise y'all that break was needed. I'm coming back bigger and better. This is the thing, right? I'm a resilient person and I'm okay with saying I need a break. I'm okay with saying, you know what? I'm doing some reorganizing. I'm doing some rethinking. And that's what I needed to do because it was absolutely needed, right? Sometimes you start running into a wall, right? But I know I'm built for resiliency and I feel much better and more to come on what that little two-month break was given. But I want to go ahead and get into the reason why y'all are here. And today I've made this a Juneteenth episode. I haven't did one since 2021. And I don't know if y'all know, but today marks 158 years after the slaves in Galveston, Texas, they were freed. And that was two and a half years after President Abraham Lincoln, he had signed the Emancipation Proclamation, which freed the slaves. So a whole two and a half years later, Texas was on some stuff. Okay. That's all I can say because that's what it is. And it's history. They want some stuff and it took a whole new order for them to release the slaves. And so for Juneteenth, I decided I wanted to talk about how slavery has impacted the black community community in obtaining wealth. Right. And so because I pride myself on being this financial educator that I am, I mean, a champion for financial wellness 
as a whole, right? I want to make sure that I'm not only being y'all financial financial accountability partner. What is going on with my talking, child? <laughs> that I'm not only being a accountability partner to y'all educating and giving you new perspective on financial topics. I also want to talk about things that are going on in my community, the black community, and why not combining those things when it comes to finances? Y'all have seen me done this before. And if you haven't listened for black history month, I did a great series. Oh my God, this series y'all, y'all was listening, listening. Okay. Great series. That Juneteenth episode from two years ago went up. Okay. I've done episodes like this in the past to make sure that I am, you know, giving you that history just because I understand that a lot of people haven't received black history in their schooling. It's something that they've either learned in college or didn't learn it and they're gaining that history now. So I wanted to make sure that I am a part of the people who are doing some education and especially if it's something dealing with money. So I wanted to make sure that I had a voice in this conversation. So let's go ahead and jump into the let's talk about money segment. And if you are new here, the let's talk about money segment is something I formed long time ago. This podcast has been going for three years. Is it three years? Yep. It's three years now. And so I used to take a hip hop or rap song title and I would use that title to formulate a conversation around whatever financial topic I wanted to talk about. And so because of this being the type of topic that it's going to be today, I didn't find nothing that was along those lines, but more to come on that soon. All right. And so in me commemorating today's date, I want to go back into talking to y'all about how slavery has impacted the black community and it has hindered the black community in obtaining wealth and some other things that I feel that slavery's impact has done, especially with mindsets. Mindsets is a big thing, y'all. Okay. So I want to go ahead and start from the beginning because I truly feel like in order for people to really understand the systematic practices that have negatively affected the black community and the wealth attainment of black people, you have to understand what history has done. I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, we still having these conversations that doesn't exist nowadays and all of these things because of those mindsets, because of those beliefs from back in the day, it has, oh, not only beliefs, practices. There were some discriminatory practices that developed as well. It has lingered into today. And I'm going to tell you how, right? So Juneteenth, also known as Freedom Day, marks the final end to slavery. And so today, once again, going into how the practice of slavery, how it has hindered mindsets, how it has created discriminatory practices and setbacks for the black community in obtaining wealth. All right. And so slavery, it dates back to 1619. So what I read in my research Slaves arrived in Virginia and it was 20 to 30 African slaves arriving in Virginia in 1619. Pause, hard stop here. I have not seen the 1619 Project. I will have a link to it on Hulu in the description so that way you can go back to it. But I wanted to just go back to the beginning so you can understand when slavery started for black and African descent people. 
All right. Slavery, for those of you who don't know, is when a human being is owned by another human being. Slavery is forced labor. So picture that you're being forced to be owned by someone else producing for someone else while not being able to acquire the life that you want and obtain your own and obtain your own wealth at that. All right. And so I read this book called The Black Tax by Sean D. Rochester, which I'll add a link to his website so you can go ahead and go over there. And in his research, he estimated that slave labor, according to economics, had estimated anywhere from 24 to 97 trillion dollars of labor that was performed. I had to make sure I had the right word there performed by slaves. From the period of 1619 to 1865, which he which they averaged 50 trillion dollars of wealth attainment in that time that's owed to black Americans. OK, that reparations. OK, so especially since we have numbers, they've already averaged it out like we already got it. I don't even know why the reparation checks haven't even started yet, but that's a whole nother story, whole nother episode. And I have to I'll put that in my link too, where y'all can go to my reparations episode. And so to me, and I'm sure to a lot of people, slavery being this unethical practice, right? It's centered around a mindset that showed people that black people were not equal, that we didn't deserve to be treated as people. And it also created systems that we still see today that have prevented black people from obtaining wealth and retaining any type of equity. And so I want you to understand the difference between the two when we see equality and when we see equity. Equality meaning something being the same, right? I get this, you should get the same thing. Equity meaning something being fair, all right. So I'm going to give you an example of that. So if we're talking about equality, oh, no, we're people. Black people are people. We shouldn't enslave them because we're the same. OK, that's <laughs> that's an example of equality. Equity, on the other hand, that's being fair and impartial. So I want to take you back to field order 15. Right. So after Juneteenth, after the slaves were released, the second time, Juneteenth, which we're celebrating today, there was a field order 15 that was put out there by General William T. Sherman. I will always remember this name, right? This is where 40 acres and a mule comes from. And what that order said was for newly freed slaves, they were supposed to receive land and it was 400,000 acres of land that was going to be awarded to them. And I quote, because I got it Verbatim, so you can hear this. Each family shall have a plot of not more than 40 acres with not more than 800 feet waterfront. In the possession of which land the military authorities will afford them protection until such time as they can protect themselves or until Congress shall regulate their future. You can look this up from General William T. Sherman's Order 15. Now, did they receive this? Did these previous slaves receive the 40 acres of tillable land that was supposed to be awarded to them? No, they didn't. So what ended up happening was because remember, President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. President Andrew Johnson is who came into office next. President Andrew Johnson rescinded that field order and returned the 400,000 acres of land to the Confederate owners. Do y'all see how they played them? All right. And so when we're talking about equity, the equitable thing would have been 
after Juneteenth, after the second abolishment of slavery, there's no way that you can ever make slavery right. But the equitable thing would have been to follow through on that field order 15, which is to give these previous slaves land ownership so that they can start building for themselves, building wealth for themselves. But no, that didn't happen. And land ownership could have transformed those previous slaves' lives. When I tell you 40 acres of land, do you know what they could have deal with that? They could have built houses. They could have built businesses. They could have did whatever they wanted to do to start creating them some wealth. But it was taken away from them just as easily as it was supposed to be given to them. Right. Withholding that land ownership definitely slowed down black people from obtaining property ownership, home ownership, and just created more systems that were put in place like redlining to keep black people from obtaining any type of ownership. And to this day, white people still outpace black people when it comes to having ownership in homes and property. So whether you know it or not, home ownership, land ownership, property ownership, it expands your wealth. And it's one of the biggest investments that you can make in your life. So if we're talking about home ownership, whether you plan on buying a home for you to live in or for you to rent out, you are building equity in that home that you can one day leverage to do whatever it is that you want to do. All right. Homes have values. And so as the value continues to increase, you're getting that equity. That's what equity is. And you can use that for paying bills, paying off debt, opening a business, Sending loved ones to college. You could do anything that you decide that you want to do with that. When you own land, you can now dictate what goes on your land. Start building businesses, build whatever it is that you decide to do and make profits from. All right. Even with property ownership, commercial buildings, things of that sort, renting it out so that you can profit each month. However it is that you decide to do it. It's a huge investment. So I wanted you to understand the severity (laughs) of withholding that 40 acres and what that did and the transformative difference it could have made to our ancestors that would have trickled down to black Americans today. I want to end with going back to Sean Rochester's book, The Black Tax, which outlined and describes the financial cost of discrimination against black Americans. Today, I've been talking about how slavery was a setback to black wealth. In that book, which I really want y'all to check out, it also talks about How is not a black people thing? It's not a black people can't do this or do that thing. There have been systems that have intentionally denied equality and equity to black people for us to be able to have the leg up and take advantages of the opportunities that are afforded to others just because of the color of our skin. So when I talk about and I say setbacks, when I say discrimination, take a look at the systems that I talked about today. Look around you at the different systems that you see happening in your own life. When I say it's not a black people can't think, we know that they can. I'm going to take and use Black Wall Street as an example. Back in the 1920s, the Greenwood community, where you had black people who was making it, they had home ownership. They had business ownership, luxury hotels, bars, movie theaters, clothing stores. They was doing it on their own. The community, I believe, was over 300 some odd people. I remember seeing and reading about 
There even being people in that community that own their own planes, multiple people. I mean, I'm talking over, I believe it was like six or over. Like, that's a lot. That was a lot for black people to do, especially in the 1920s. So even through adversity, with all this community had obtained, what ended up happening? An angry white mob burned down their community. So this brings me to why I'm talking about this today on the podcast on Juneteenth. According to a Washington Post analysis, they found that a typical middle-class black household had $13,024 in wealth compared to $149,703 for the median white household. That's a significant percentage. As a financial educator, as a champion of financial wellness, it is important for me to not only talk about financial wellness and health that affects all people, but I have to bring attention to what has stunned the growth of my people, the black community. The attainment of black wealth has been under attack for centuries. White wealth hasn't been put in slavery for over 400 years. They also haven't face redlining to the extent that black people have faced, nor have they been denied jobs because of having an ethnic and or a black name, nor has their community been burned down because of the color of their skin. So it's going to take a big push in the decision makers out there and the allyship that our community has so that we can make a difference and we can shut down these discriminatory practices, these systematic races systems. Does that make sense? Systematic racism systems. <laughs> it do. I was getting serious too. Oh, I was in my zone. <laughs> Let me get back serious. Everybody chill out. Okay. It's going to take all of us. Is what I'm trying to say so that we can stop these systems that have been put in place that are setting back the black community from obtaining wealth and prospering like it's afforded for other Americans to do. Okay, child, look, this this probably the serious the seriousest I'm going to be. Okay, I hope that this episode while I can be silly in the end just to try to lighten the subject, but I hope this episode is taken seriously. I hope that you understood some things. You go out and you do your own research and you understand what I'm talking about. Go back, listen, share. That is the objective of this. And child, I am finished. Y'all know how I get after I've been talking for too long. That's it. And I ain't got no more. So... I want y'all to live life mindfully, intentionally, and on purpose, darlings. And it's good to be back. And until next time, when I hit y'all with another one.